David Nuno here and Raheel Ramzanali. We call the show No Layups. And folks, we have officially made it. Heezy, how can you put into words what has happened here? We got a lot of great questions to get into, but we're now on CTV, brother. Yeah, we really are. Like, this is it. People kept telling us that, hey, man, when are you guys going to be on Connected TV? When can we watch you on the ABC 13 app, which is available on Fire Stick, Roku, Apple TV? And we said, soon, soon. And the people have been supporting us so much. So big thanks to everyone that's watched us, whether it be live, on the audio side. And now you can binge episodes, all right? We are in binge territory. We've put out so many episodes since we started the show officially with ABC 13, um, now four or five months back, that we are in binge territory, David. We are amongst the, the greatest shows in television history, okay? Because yeah, I, that, that, that's who else do you binge? I mean... If you want to find out what life was like pre-COVID, during COVID, post-COVID, you want to follow the journey with athletes and analysis about stuff, you can watch and not know how the Astros playoff series is going to end, right? You, you kind of think you know, but go back to us when we were talking about it back in April. We had the insight, my friend. Yeah, we were the first, man. And you can track all of our takes, our opinions, and then as you put on Twitter – Dogs barking, kids in the background. It's so cool. One day, here's the ideal situation for this show. We get to do it from a studio and put it on connected TV and across all platforms. But until then, we have each other via digital. And man, it is so cool to see the connected TV uh, version of this show, man. And it's cool going back and watching the old episodes, as you mentioned. So thank you to everyone behind the scenes that made that possible. And now, you know, next time you see me in public, which might be rare, don't make eye contact with me because I'm on the ABC 13 app. All right. I'm just telling you. Well, um, you had <laughs> who has that much time to go watch our old episodes? But hello, guys. And Fifi, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, we're going to be t- paying off the uh, I don't want to say paying off the tease, but paying off the headline of, of the story. Right. So uh, I've been I've been watching the show Ted Lasso, which I love. It's about a, 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 a football coach who goes to England to coach a soccer team. And we thought it'd be kind of a fun cr- question to throw out to everybody. Uh, and by the way, we're going to have one of the actors of that show uh, mm-hmm. on, the sh- on this show, Cristo Fernandez. It's funny. Um, this happens a lot on, on news TV, Raheel. When you speak with somebody who speaks Spanish, your accent comes out. But if I'm just talking to you, I'd be like, yeah, you know, Cristo Fernandez. I'm talking to Cristo, and I'm like, yeah, you know, and hola, que tal? So we're going to talk to Cristo. We're going to talk to college football. You call him the voice of college football. That's pretty high honor, right? Yeah, he is. He's he is absolutely the voice of football for college. Like I, to me, there's nobody else that sticks out that is the voice of college football than Chris Fowler. Yeah, I mean he is. I mean he's done it at every role, done it for so so long. So we're gonna talk to Chris Fowler some college football. But the question that I keep like forgetting to pay off: what coach or which coach out there, his technique, his style, his persona, could you put on to any other sport? And probably be successful. And I know most of you are going to say Bill O'Brien. I know that's going to be the number one answer. But that's that's too obvious. That's too obvious. Uh, I'm going to go with, my opinion, Greg Popovich. Okay. In which sport, though? You got to tell me which sport. I think you could put Pop anywhere. Hello, Chaz. Um, I I would say, Chaz says I speak in uh, third person on our Facebook caption. But I didn't write the Facebook caption. So technically, I didn't write... Chad's is an ABC 13 personality who's good friends with Bruce Springsteen. 
I didn't write the caption. Raheel wrote the caption. So technically he wrote it in third person, correct or incorrect? Yeah. And we write it for the ABC 13 pages. And then as a little bonus, we put it on Nuno's page too. So that's why it's like that. I'm not writing. Oh, different... I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not writing different captions for your page. I'm sorry. Screenwriter. I'm, just... Screenwriter. <laughs> like, I'm, just, I'm not doing it. <laughs> hey, um, so, um, as I was saying, the reason I think pop, I think pop could be a football coach. Mm -hmm. I think he could be a, a baseball manager. I don't know if he can do soccer, but his persona, his style, uh, the way he commands a, a group of men. And I know some people think he lost his way, especially towards the end with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, but I think Greg Popovich, you can put him in almost any situation, and he is a leader of men. He can make that team win. Another one that I thought of was um, uh, McVay with the Rams. I, I, there's something about him that he just he, – I, I just want to go play for him. He, he just speaks yeah. to me. Um, he, he, he's young. He's hip. But he, he studies the sport so much. I think McVay is obviously one of them. I would love to see Sean McVay, and that was going to be my pick, to go overseas and manage a soccer club, right? Whether it be in the Premier League, uh, La Liga, wherever it is, right? Because there's so many different personalities. There's so many different ways to tweak the personalities in the locker room. Not necessarily the gameplay, right? Like you can get people to do that for you as well. Um, but to manage that, to manage it on a stage like that, because we think the NFL is the biggest thing, right? It's not even close to the coverage that some of the biggest soccer clubs get in the media. How do you manage personalities? How do you manage the egos that come with it? I think Sean McVay would be fantastic in soccer. Uh, another one that I would love to see is Bill Belichick managing a baseball team. I don't know why, but I think it'd be such a good fit uh, whether it be, you know, strategically how he uh, decides to use certain players or how he's going to manage within the game itself. But I think he'd be really good. And I think his personality would be perfect for the dry sport that is baseball. Yeah, that, those are all good ones. I'm going to give uh, some people some props here on the Facebook show. Um, Fotten says Pat Summit. Um, thoughts and prayers. We, we, you know, she was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I got to cover her once. Uh, just a, a phenomenal coach, just uh, what, what she did for the sport. Uh, Mike Tomlin, PJ, my man. PJ, the first on the scene when my daughter had her accident back in the day, uh, a dear, dear uh, friend of mine. Uh, he says Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, absolutely easy. Uh, he, uh, I, I, I love Mike Tomlin. Mm -hmm. And can I just throw this out there? Why do I um, – I don't know why that one popped up. Why do I get a funny feeling every time I hear the name Mike, uh, Eric Bieniemy? Every time I'm like, oh, really? Eric Bieniemy is doing good. Hmm. Wonder well, why. He's not, he's not coming here, right? And it's so weird that he didn't get a job. Like he should have absolutely gotten it. And there's, look, there's there's other factors at play that people don't talk about. Like he couldn't interview for a job because the Chiefs were making such a deep run into the playoffs and winning the Super Bowl ultimately that you know some teams didn't have roles left. Like they filled that position. And I hope he gets a, a fair shot at this. And I wish, I wish the Texans would have brought him in last year, but that's not going to happen. I think with Eric Bieniemy, there might be a little, a little shaked, uh, shaked agreement on, hey, look, I might only have a couple of years left, and this is yours, you know, because yeah. Patrick Mahomes is going to be here for ten years, kind of like Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. Hey, this is yours when when I'm done, and that time might be soon. This is all yours, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you wait two years if you had the guarantee of Mahomes waiting no. for you as well for another eight years to coach him? I don't know if I'm waiting two years because you, you're not promised anything, you know. But that being said, 
a couple weeks ago, I put Deshaun in a step below, but you can make an argument. No, you can't, man. It's it's, it's no. Patrick Mahomes and everybody else. Lamar, not not there. Deshaun, not there. Doesn't mean they can't get there with the right coaching, the right situation, the right players around him. But just when I watch Patrick Mahomes play, the way he picks up blitzes, the way he commands his team, um, and just there's something about him, man. That I and I his just, accuracy, his, yeah, his he, straight up deep ball accuracy is something that nobody else has. He he could be what we thought Aaron Rodgers. Like you know, we put Aaron Rodgers in a different category, right? Like, and he's only won one Super Bowl. But he is physically just in a different class, and he's been so good. He could surpass that. He could be even better than Aaron Rodgers in terms of accomplishments and also just the way he's accurate down the field. It's incredible. I've got some hot take comparisons for you, and I want to get your thoughts on this, okay? Okay. You brought up Mike Tomlin, and uh, we saw it in the comments as well. Is Mike Tomlin the NFL's Doc Rivers? in that he won one championship and we overrate him. Like, he hasn't done much since. There's a lot of early playoff eliminations. Uh, He creates a great culture. He has uh, done a great job in terms of keeping his team there. But they've never won a championship, and now it's almost a decade. Yeah, this is where I will argue with that. Um, Okay. Pittsburgh has never been a team that's been flashy, going to get free agents. They've traded top talent in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been able to recreate that Steelers team throughout different generations of players there. Now, he's had Roethlisberger for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. But he has been able to do that. So I, I would say that he, like Doc Rivers has joined two teams loaded with talent. Um, and I think Doc is a perfect, uh, another one of those guys that can get like uh, superstars to buy in. Uh, I th- I just think Tomlin's a good coach, and 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 you gotta think about it. Like from the way Ben was ten years ago to where he is now, it's different style of football team, different style of football. I think Tomlin is an incredible coach, no matter what he goes through, the fiasco with Antonio Brown, everything he's gone through. Mm-hmm. The guy has been class, nails, and his team typically wins. Okay, so where do we rank him in the last five years, uh, or not last five years? Let's go in the last decade, right? Of coaches that have entered into the hall of fame discussion bill belichick is number one yep right sean payton is he up there or is he in the same tier as mike tomlin it's been it's been more than 10 years since sean payton won a super bowl well if we're basing it on just super bowls then no but he's got he's got the one right um Mm -hmm. but i i think you look at what he was able to do drew Brees was not it's kind of like mike d'antoni with certain players except mike didn't get the ring Drew Brees was considered a really nice quarterback, not a Hall of Famer before he got there. And he had a few years in, in, in San Diego that were nice, right? And how different could that scenario have played out had he joined Saban in Miami? But different situation. I think Sean Payton, for the innovator that he is uh, in football, what he's been able to do consistently make the New Orleans – people forget, New Orleans was a terrible franchise for most of my childhood. Like, terrible. Bobby Aber was their best player. Like, it's that just tells you. Um, I would say, without a doubt, um, that uh, Sean Payton's on, on his way uh, to there. Yeah, no, okay. I think Sean Payton's on there, and I and I and I agree that um, who, who did we start with? I'm sorry, Tomlin. Uh, Belichick Payton. is one. Oh, Belichick yeah. is one. Pete Carroll is up there as well. I was going to get to him. Be. Similar situation though. Again, a Super Bowl changes everything. Titles change should be, everything. Should be two Super Bowls. Yes, should be. Yes, absolutely. But, but that was his call. Head. That was yeah. his his yeah. decision. Cost yeah. them that Super Bowl, yeah. right? 
So there's another one right there. And, and look, Tomlin's been so consistent, but it was just one of those things I wanted to work out with you. Here's my second one, okay? Okay. Is Lamar Jackson, Giannis Antetokounmpo in that it's great, awesome, like it's game-changing what you're doing, but we've seen it in the playoffs and we've seen him in big situations not be able to come back. True, true story. I have never said Giannis's last name. I'm a broadcaster, <laughs> and I am scared to say it because I know I can't say it correctly. I haven't practiced it. I just say Giannis. You know, like there's certain people, LeBron. Like I say LeBron James yeah. sometimes, but it's LeBron, Giannis. But that sentence, you could actually take out Giannis and put a guy by the name of James Hardin on there. You could put James Harden in that same mm. conversation. Regular season MVP-style yeah. numbers, um, and it hasn't gotten it done. Giannis, though, what is he in the fourth year in the NBA, third year in the NBA? Like it's – I mean, he's – He's still very young. I think we got to wait a little longer. Well, the the style is more what I'm talking about. That yeah. you know, Giannis, he has to be in the open court. He doesn't have a shot that is consistent, similar to Lamar Jackson's, uh, you know, passing game. It's not consistent, yeah. and it's very simplified, right? And we saw on Monday night the game that we were so excited about, which was available on ESPN. Make sure you get ESPN Plus and, of course, Disney Plus, hashtag ad. Um, and we've seen that. You know, we watched that game. I was so pumped. But as soon as they fell behind, it's hard to come back with a running offense that's predicated on pretty simple throws and easy, shallow throws. So that's why it just reminded me of similar to Giannis, right? When yeah. you're down, remember, they could not get buckets. They just could not get points because defenses just, they just lag off and they go, go ahead, shoot it, shoot ahead, it. Until Chiefs it, can run. Yeah. Chiefs can run. By the way, how many people from our audience have an opinion on this one? How many people in our audience mm. know who Zidane is, you think? 13%, 2%, 9%? I would say 16%. And then if you remind the other people, they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. The headbutt guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember um, him. <laughs> Zizou is the uh, the manager at Real Madrid. And, yes, he, without a doubt, like, if, if we're making this an international show, could coach any sport – uh, he is a leader of men. Uh, and that's kind of like, I think, what the, the question was. Like, who could lead people from, and Fifi doesn't know who he is. And I don't, I don't, you know, he has the the biggest, one of the biggest blunders, if you will, in World Cup history. The headbutt that cost them, um, that cost France the World Cup back in the day. Uh, but uh, one of the best players ever to play. And already as a manager, has got, what, three Champions Leagues, yeah. uh, league title. He's done it all. So, yes. And he can take superstar talent and mold them into a championship team. And Chess says 0% of our 0%. audience knows Zizou. Okay, um, it's funny. No one's brought up college football coaches yet. It seems like college football coaches are just part of the sport, that like their sport. That's it. Because they're so, it's the factors are different. Recruiting, uh, making sure, you know, of course you got to win the games, but then managing all these four-star, five-star kids, and everyone is the best player from, you know, at their position. And you got three of those guys, like, managing that playtime as well. I, I don't know, would Nick Saban be successful in any other sport, right? Like, we saw him in the NFL. He wasn't successful. But would he be successful as a baseball manager or uh, managing a soccer club? I don't I don't think so. I think college football is one where you necessarily might not have the the uh, crossover in success. Yeah. Uh, I, that's, that's an interesting one. And look, none of these guys are ever going to do it, right? This is based on a TV show that we saw <laughs> that kind of gave us inspiration, but uh, a college football coach. I mean, we've seen Nick Saban. I don't think we gave Nick Saban enough time in the mm -hmm. NFL to be able to accurately say, cause look at Pete Carroll, his first time 
in the NFL didn't work out well. He goes and wins in college football, and he comes back. And you said that, you know, Pete Carroll's only won one, but he, you have to consider with his resume what he did in college football as well, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Building he one won. of the greatest yeah. programs we've seen. Um, so, yeah, I, I think college football is an interesting one. The, the, I mean, it, the only one is really Saban we could see. Uh, I'm sure there's, I mean, Mike, uh, Mike Leach. I think Mike Leach. I don't think do Mike Leach. I, I think Mike Leach. I don't think. I, I think college football is his bread and butter. I don't think Maybe he's right. a leader of men. I don't think. I think, I think men like him. Could you? Okay. Could you imagine him uh, managing Ronaldo and Ronaldo talks back? Is he going to put him in a closet? No, Ronaldo last <laughs> will kick his face. Um, and and um, Royal says Saban is overrated. Anyone could coach Alabama into the championships. Uh, Let's not forget yeah. where, where Alabama was before. Save it. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I I don't think anybody can. Uh, Saban is really good at what he does. He's he's by far he's the greatest college football coach. So let's let's LSU that hadn't won in forever. Yeah, he leaves, goes to Alabama, and turns Alabama back to what Alabama should be and has been Mm -hmm. in the past. Um, Had Texas gotten Alabama, it hurts me to say. Excuse me. Had Texas gotten Saban, they would have won a couple national championships when there was a possibility. Um, you know, and uh, we'll see about the rest of the coaches. And we're bringing up college football because this weekend we do have a uh, a big game that I think Alabama, as an Aggie, if we see what we saw from A&M this past weekend against Vanderbilt, Alabama might score what Oklahoma did a couple years back, 77 points. And Because and, that Aggie team did not look ready to play. Uh, Jimbo Fisher was not excited. And, and Bama's just a well-oiled machine, man. They're just on a different level. Yeah, and you saw a difference, right? And I'm gonna bring up my team, Sam Ellinger and Texas. What they did with Texas Tech, it was a it was a pitiful game, right? You fall behind, you give up that many points to Texas Tech, but they still got the win, and so did the Aggies, right? But there was a there were key plays when you look at the Aggies trying to run the ball and run out clock. What happens? Kellen Mond fumbles and gives Vanderbilt one more try. Right, and you're a senior quarterback. So we've seen the development of Kellen Mond when he first got in uh, with the program, and people were so excited, and rightfully so, he looks so good. And now it's almost like you look at it three years later, and he hasn't taken the step that everyone wants him to, and everyone is thinking he will. And then you look at Sam Ellinger, who started, and you're like, wow, you know, there's something there, and he has taken those steps. And again, it's Texas Tech. I get it. But he made the plays to win the game. As a senior quarterback, that is what is expected of you. And you just get the W and get out of town. And that's what yep. he did. But had one of those passes or something that Texas Tech done did different, we'd be having a completely different conversation. Absolutely. The, the Absolutely. W, uh, he, he says he could debate the Saban issue, but it's working out. Okay, yeah. I, I, I get it. I mean, look, you can make an argument out of anything, though, right? Like, it yeah. is, you know, I don't know. Give, give me something. I'll argue it. Give me the topic, Rahel. Let's see if we can do this. Food is not necessary for the human body. No, you can drink water. I mean, you can juice. Like, why would you need food? I mean, if you just drink water all day and juice, you're fine. No, you don't need food. Well, juice counts as food. It has nutrients in it. Not the way I do it. I juice it. You do, yeah, but the juice is still. You do you juice the nutrients out. You just you just put flavor in there. No, I'm just saying. You said like food. (laughs) Food is overrated. You can totally go juice, and you can totally go water. Okay. Every human should be able to breathe. I mean, out of your nose? Maybe not. I've been stuffed no. up my whole life. See, I, what I'm saying is you could find a way to, to, yeah. to make the numbers fit your, your, your point. Like, I breathe out of my mouth all the time. I've, been, I've got a, what do you call it, deviated septum since I was a child. Breathing out of your nose is overrated. You just get used to breathing out of your mouth. 
Um, can we give some love to our Houston Astros? They did the unthinkable, went into Minneapolis as underdogs, and and guess what? They won that series. And Carlos Correa, look, I love the I love the passion. I love the the heat that he threw at everybody. And if you guys missed that, you saw it on David's uh, Instagram page as well as Twitter. The quote that he had afterwards, where he's just throwing shade at everybody, which is awesome. But you just want a world. Uh, you just want a wild card series. Like let's let's no, wait but, until no, no no let's wait until you get to a championship series before look, we start throwing shade. I don't I look. I I don't want to be one of the people in the hater department. I I think there's zero chance to get to a championship this year. Um, but I, I I think they went and and Carlos illustrated as perfect as you could. They went to a place where Minnesota hadn't lost back-to-back games the entire year. Mm-hmm. I think they had the second-best record at home in all of baseball, 24-7. and seven, Okay, And they went and won two games. Okay, uh, A team that all their team is gone. Like, I mean, if you want to say from last year, just from this year. Like, you know, I'm not even talking about the Garrett Coles of the world that, walked, that left and went to New York. I'm talking about this year's team. No Verlander. Okay? Uh, no Jordan. No Jordan, no yeah. I mean, just like oh, – like you're like, – you're talking about a huge and and a team that really has lost it here. And maybe Carlos is speaking to Jose Altuve when he says that, and speaking to the rest of the team like, "Hey, we're still the freaking Astros. Let's go! Like, you have to beat us now." Um, and and I think at least with Carlos, swag goes a long way. Yeah, and and here's the other thing. Here's here's my thought on the Astros. Right, everyone was so disappointed with the regular season, as you mentioned, there were multiple season-ending injuries. There were injuries throughout the stretch of the season with Bregman, with uh, Brantley as well, where, you, you know, they just, they weren't there enough, right, to like really get this going. And then there's also the fact that this team has been to three straight ALCSs. They've been to two out of three World Series. We've seen this in other sports, right? When you get really, when you get used to playing at the highest level, when you get that high, the regular season doesn't mean anything. The, the regular season is one thing. Just get into the playoffs, and then and then you get your juices going. Then you get going, right? Remember the Warriors? They weren't the number yep. one seed a few times, right? Look at the Patriots. They they aren't always the number one seed. They just want to get into the dance, right, and, and just go from there because sometimes it gets kind of old. It gets old just playing games that are meaning. They're meaningless, right? Yeah. It's it's not until like you get that okay now now we get to play that maybe hey. there was some of that as well. Can I give you the worst take of the day? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I hope he's still listening. This is just this is just below average take. This is bad. I mean, I mean this, this is what I just pretty much what I said. But he's this, saying they did it on purpose. Yeah, I mean, you, you're saying because they just weren't as interested. It's just naturally, yeah, it just naturally happens yeah. when you're that he good. That Dusty and I love you, Chaz. You know that. But Dusty, <laughs> you know, had a meeting with the brain trust there and called Mr. Crane up like, "Look, guys, they won't see us coming." Let's just like kind of barely make the playoffs, lose a, a series to the Rangers, a cross town rival that we hate, or excuse me, cross state rival that we hate. Let's just get destroyed by them and th- maybe tell everybody, hey, we're not really here. And then all of a sudden, ta-da! We're, here. we're here. Hey, guys. I love you, Chaz. And Chaz is one of the greatest and most passionate Astros fans in the world. But that has got to be his worst take. No, he's, he's had some bad ones, but it's not a good take. When okay, I'm gonna do it. I don't know if you're gonna be happy with this, Chaz. When are you gonna come on the show with us? Okay, we gotta mess with Chaz. He was too busy with it for us one day. Oh, I'm Chaz Miller. So you know what we did? We got Eric freaking Barajas, Chaz. Yeah, and his awesome staircase. What? The greatest staircase ever on the show. 
and tightest shirt on the show. And I wear tight shirts. He had a much tighter shirt than I did. I don't know. You and I have worn some super tight shirts on this <laughs> show. Okay. I think that was just a normal shirt and just Eric is yoked. That's why. Yeah, he's yoked. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So we have two interviews for wait, everyone. Wait, wait. Yeah. Oh, wait. You got one more? We've got to talk, I mean, at least a minute or two on the football team that plays here in town. That's not going to start in 2022. Yeah, Are they going to own four? Are they going to win this one? They'll win this one. Minnesota's not good either. Minnesota's defense is not good at all. They uh, rank bottom five in yards given up, points given up. They've, they're giving up 36 points a game. Deshaun, if you and the offense can't get it going with this one, okay, and they gave up multiple 170-yard. Uh, they gave up uh, a receiver and rushing last week. Dalvin Cook just um, – Dalvin Cook was a beast, okay? and the a better coach. Um, they're both the same. In my opinion, they're the exact same guy. Mike Zimmer's gotten to, uh, to a championship game at least, and that's it. But you he's know? done it in three years, and Bill's done it in how many? Um, what Eight? do you mean? He's, I mean, no, just no. like he's, he's, how long Zimmer's has been there? They've been there the same time. Has it been the exact same yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. They were hired, uh, the same year. Oh, wow. That shows you how that's much I've been it's, it's, yeah. it's been, it's been eerily similar, except they've gotten to the NFC title game. Let me tell you the problem for the Texans. They can't win no matter what, even if they win. Mm-hmm. If they win, of course you won. You beat the freaking Vikings. They're 0-3, and you're way better than them. You have a better quarterback. You have a better defense. Yeah. You have J.J. Watt. If they lose, of course you lost. You're terrible. You're not supposed to. Like they, There's nothing. They, unless they win 35-7, the apathy. And even if they win 35-7, I just spit everywhere. COVID problems in my own house. Sorry. Wow. Yeah, I know. one of these. Um <laughs> What's it called? Even if they win, like like people are so apathetic with this version of the Texans, uh, and it's been that way for a while. Yeah. It's not just now. It's like it's, you know, I think once you get to the playoffs, I think the Buffalo victory kind of like, hey, maybe we're legit. First half, maybe we're legit. First and quarter, no. sorry, not first half. First yeah, quarter. first quarter, and then first it changed. Quarter. We won. I was. I promise you. I say this every time on the show. I was getting messages. You guys are going to the AFC Championship game, and I was like, no, we're not, because I've been an Aggie fan. And a Houston sports fan my whole life. When the Astros were up on the Royals in 2015, I I was like, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. 2017, we won. Thank you. But I didn't feel very good about it. I, I think they win this one pretty easily. I don't think – I think Minnesota's that, – that run, that team. And it is so – I mean, obviously the records are similar, right? 0-3, 0-3. They got rid of their star wide receiver in Stephon Diggs. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is out. Um, their quarterback got big money, but granted, his uh, his contract's about to end. That three-year, ninety million de- uh, dollar deal is about to end. You got Deshaun. You've got the coaches who've been there the same time. A lot of apathy as well. So it's so crazy how similar these franchises are. And I think it's going to be enough for the Texans to win this week. Their offense will get going. Things will be okay. Maybe David Johnson runs for like fifty yards. Who knows? I don't know. It's kind of yeah, wild. Yeah. I know it's a wild prediction, but he maybe he runs for like fifty plus yards. I like David Johnson. You know, it's weird. Like, you can not be a fan of the trade and still like the guy. Um, and I and I think he does have a little bit left in the tank. Not to be traded for the best wide receiver in football, mm-hmm. kind of in the tank. But, like, he would have been a great guy to add on to the trade. Like, oh, we got David jo- This guy in 2015 was amazing. Like, yeah. that's how I look at, like, what a great add-on. Oh, wait, he's the centerpiece? Mm. He's who we got? It's not it's not good. Like his tank, his tank might have a little bit left, but it's he might have used it all. We don't know. Like it's it's running out pretty soon. There it's been looking pretty horrific out there for the Houston Texans. And look, Duke Johnson wasn't there either. 
you need your second running back as well. That's what this system was built around was these two running backs. So we'll see what happens. I got them winning this game. Um, I guess I'll watch it. I mean, because we have to, but man. We, we do the post-game show now. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, we got to do it. If we, if, if we didn't have to watch it, I probably wouldn't watch it. I'm not that excited about this season anymore. Yeah, you just lost a lot of our audience. Thanks, for Hill. I want to watch it. I want to watch every <laughs> second of it. I don't want to watch it on DVR, and I want to slow it down. Look, the world is better when the Texans matter, regardless if it's fake sure. good or not, right? Like, sure, but they it's it's hard. Like This team isn't that good. And uh, frankly, Bill O'Brien has wiped away a lot of fans. He's the he's a Thanos of the Houston Texans. He's wiped away he, half the he, fan base. He wins them all back if he if he gets an AFC championship game, yes. don't you think? Yes, absolutely. Or or do people say you got there because of Deshaun, not because of you? Because even, even if they say they're still watching, that's the biggest thing. I, there's a lack of interest with the Texans uh, across the board, like what I'm sensing at least. True story. Um, Jason Jobs, who works at our station, um, kind of my boss in a way. It's very mean to me. Says my two sons slapped him. He was my my boys are running. They do cross country. And they rang in the neighborhood. They ran into Jason and like, Dad, uh, your your coworker Jason said hello. I thought it was a random guy just trying to talk to us, but he 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 was for real. Um, so uh, shout out to Jason Jones. Hey, what, one last thing I was going to say about the Texans, and then we'll go into our college football talk with Chris Fowler. I was talking to uh, somebody close to the team yesterday, and they were giving me the the reason for optimism. They're like, dude, if you just looked at his resume, if you looked at Bill O'Brien's resume, and you saw the AFC titles, you saw winning with Brian Hoyer, winning with Brock Osweiler, and of course with Deshaun Watson, uh, you would say, this guy's not bad. He, no, he's not Bill Belichick, but this guy is capable of something. Mm-hmm. But I feel like those days are so far removed. Like that, that roof, here's that roof. Okay, you went over it, but you're still here. Like, yeah, you did really good with average quarterbacks in a very down AFC South. Yeah. It's not a down AFC South anymore. No. And if I was a hiring manager, I'm looking at that resume. I go, wow, this is really good stuff. Like you've done a good job in quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, but oh. we make our money in Q4. Okay. As this company, we make our money in Q4. What have you done in Q4? Oh, you barely snuck by the bills and you beat a Raiders team that had a third string quarterback. Those are your two wins. And let's look at those losses now. Let's look at the Colts loss. How embarrassing was that? Let's look at that first Chiefs loss. How embarrassing was that? Oh, let's look at this recent one with a franchise quarterback. That wasn't good. The only good loss on that one is if Brock uh, Osweiler makes that throw, Will Fuller catches it, they probably beat the Patriots, right? And they're off to a championship game. So, And that's not a guarantee either. That's yeah, not, that's not, I'm saying if, right? If right. that happens, maybe they do it. So if I'm a hiring manager, to counter that point, I go, hey, I mean, that's great. This is awesome that you've done all this, but when we need you the most, can we count on you? Because right now your resume says we can't and that your teams aren't prepared. They look horrible in the losses. It's not like a a, 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 a bad or, or a, a close loss. It's a horrific loss. It's like you don't even belong out there kind of losses. Uh, I'm looking at some of these losses, the Kansas City loss embarrassing yeah um, that one was terrible fine no franchise quarterback back then okay pass deshaun watson and the colts loss that one was terrible that one you that could game not was get over at the half even yes. though the score doesn't look as bad the yes. game was over at the half and then you went and then with one of your deepest teams right with all the weapons and everything 51 to 7 you got outscored 51 to 7 
So me as a hiring manager, I go, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. I'll look for somebody else in this position. Let's not forget. They were up 24-0, though, Raheel. Let's not forget that. That's part of the story. Yeah, that's one-fourth of the game. The rest of the three-fourths of the game, the majority of the game, it was not close. They looked outmatched again. At least they went for it on fourth once. Yeah, that's true. And they did kick a field goal once. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, you go, oh, another decision-making. Okay. We got to get to these interviews. Yeah, yeah, we got to go. We got stuff to do. Okay. We oh, caught up with uh, Chris Fowler, who is the voice of college football. He is doing a really cool thing. You know, obviously, we can't go tailgate. We can't be out there supporting our teams, the Aggies, the Longhorns, the Cougars, if somebody will finally play them. And they're doing a cool thing where they're saving our Saturdays, where, hey, why don't you bring the tailgate to your house? Why don't you do it with your friends, your family that you know? And let's continue the tradition, the, the fun of college football. And we had a chance to catch up with him. And David, talk for a second. I'm going to. No, I'm not going to talk right. I'm going to make you look very awkward on the show. See, when I clap, you're going to see me in a different shirt. Boom. All right. We're here with legendary broadcaster Chris Fowler here talking about college football Saturdays, teaming up with Dos Equis. And, and Chris, I'll tell you, man, this pandemic has really changed the way we we view our sporting events. Just talk to me a little bit about what you're doing and what Dos Equis is doing for this weekend and the rest of the college football season. Well, this year is about being adaptable, right? Flexible for all of us in so many ways. And it includes college football. The games are back on the field. Uh, you can't have the same tailgating experience outside the stadiums, right? And that's such an important part of this sport. It's a fabric of it. So Dos Equis idea is to save our Saturdays, tailgate anything, anytime, and, and, and still celebrate what there is to be celebrated, which is people coming together that you trust and you love and, and getting ready for big events. So you can tailgate in your backyard before you watch the game on TV. You know, why, why punt on, on fun these fall Saturdays? And if you text SOS for Save Our Saturdays to 77000, you can win all kinds of interesting prizes to make your tailgate more fun. And, and you know, let's, let's, let's be grateful for what we have. And when we get back to normal, we can move the tailgating back to the stadium. But in the meantime, we can still have fun. Now, is there a fan base that you want to go hang out with while they're saving their Saturdays? <laughs> because I need to know, I, you've been all around, you've covered so many different games and been around so many different uh, fan bases. Which one are you taking for a chance to save with on Saturday? Uh, the ones that feed me well, right? The <laughs> ones that have good food, that, that, that's a part of tailgating. I mean, uh, what immediately comes to mind is the, the Cajun food down at LSU's tailgate. I mean, that, that comes to mind. I mean, I think that you can go to the, the heart of the Big Ten and, and have the, the brats. And you can't worry about counting calories when you're, when you're eating tailgate yeah. food, right? That's out the window. You just sort of, um, you know, grab them whatever you can. But I tailgate it more than you, you think. I mean, I couldn't I'm... tailgate if I had responsibilities calling a game, but I would get off the set on game day, take off the tie, put on a T-shirt, put on a hat, sunglasses. I would mingle around, whether it was in Alabama or Penn State, or Washington, where they tailgate on boats and jump from boat to boat. I mean, that's a lot of fun. And I, I've had some very memorable Saturdays, more than you might think, while still doing my job, but also enjoying the fun with the fans. Hey, uh, Chris, uh, he's a Longhorn, I'm an Aggie, so we didn't mention that fan base. That oh. being said, um, what, do you, what did you make of this past weekend, man? Well, we can start here locally in Texas, but, like, Texas has come back against Texas Tech, and the Aggies really oh, struggling man. with Vandy. Yeah, I mean, that game in Lubbock was wild. That reminded me of uh, the game that didn't go well for Texas fans, which was the Michael Crabtree late touchdown to beat, beat Texas when both teams, I think, were ranked in the top five. 
Um, this went the other way for Texas fans, but I, Sam Ellinger did one of those things, man. You could write, write a movie about that game, right? Just, just deciding that his team wasn't going to lose and rallying from 15 down in the last three minutes, winning it in overtime. And I, I think what you have to remember is that in this season, every game has heightened importance, which means there's less margin for error. If Texas loses that game, as Oklahoma did, so you didn't bring up the Oklahoma loss, but that, that's a fun thing for Texas fans, and a stinging loss for Oklahoma to blow a big lead against Kansas State. I mean, it, it matters. You've got to convince the committee you're one of the four best teams, and there's less data to go on. It's going to be more subjective than ever. So winning the games, playing to your standard, and Texas is going to want to look better than they did in Lubbock. I mean, quickly, because, you know, there's no guarantees even for the champion of the Big 12. But, but yeah, I mean, and the Aggies, I know the Aggies, that wasn't the kind of game they wanted to have. You better, you better upgrade very quickly. You better play a lot better immediately, right? You know who got next on the schedule, right? So, um, you know, visiting Alabama is no picnic. And I think that you know, A&M with, with Kalamon wasn't as dynamic offensively as you'd expect him to be. You know, letting Vanderbilt hang around to the very last minute. But I, I think that, um, you know, they'll look for a big improvement for week two. and They'll, they'll need to have one to handle the tide for sure. You know, it's going to be interesting because of everything you mentioned, the margin of error, the conferences having different amount of games and the, the way schedules break out. An all SEC schedule is tough. And, you know, me being a big 12 honk that I am because I'm a UT guy, I also understand that there might be a two loss SEC team that could jump a big 12 team because of how hard those schedules are going to be. With all that being said, what do you think the final four is going to look like in terms of conferences and the actual teams if you have a prediction right now? You know, a two-loss team is going to be difficult, I think. I mean, it's, is it possible? Okay. If there's one league that that two-loss team could come out of, it would be the SEC. But you got Clemson's team rolling through the ACC. They'd be fully expected to be in that bracket. I think you're going to have a Big Ten team in there whether it's Ohio State or Michigan or Wisconsin or Penn State. And then, and then you know, does the SEC get the other two? Does the Big 12 get one of those teams? Um, is Oregon going to be considered seriously? Let's say the Ducks run the table. It's only seven games, but they look really good doing it. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in that committee's position. I, I think it'd be very, very tough, for example, to pick a two-loss SEC team, two losses in a shortened schedule, and get in there. I don't know. I, I think it's – to me, that doesn't seem likely, but but anything is possible if Clemson stumbles, if the Big Ten doesn't have an undefeated champion. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of variables. We haven't even seen two of the Power Five play yet, so yeah. looking forward to it. It's weird. It's a weird kind of staggered start to the season, right? It was great to have the SEC involved, and I can't wait to see what happens in, in the next few weeks. There, we, I got Auburn at Georgia, which is a really interesting game. Both teams won, but both teams had some rough patches in those games. Yeah. And uh, we'll continue to get more answers as this as this crazy season unfolds. Hey, Chris, I got to talk a little bit about Mike Leach real quick. Uh, it's he deserves his props no matter what stop he's at. But how nice was it to see him back doing what Mike Leach does? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I mean, I, I don't I don't root for teams or coaches, but I think there were a lot of skeptics in that league about Leach's offense when he was at Texas Tech, and for sure when he was at Washington State, saying, "Yeah, yeah, but." You put that against a, an SEC defense that can man you up, that can jam your receiver, throw your timing off. Hello, 623 yards in game one of that system. I know LSU's got to rebuild their defense. Let's, let's be real about that, too. But that was a message sent to the conference. That was yep. shockwaves 
That was defensive coordinators going, is it's a combination, obviously, of of the system. A.J. Costello, super accurate quarterback, very smart guy, and playmakers around him. I, they're not going to throw for 600 yards every game, but, I mean, they are going to be a force. Um, can they win enough shootouts to be a serious contender? We'll see. But, man, that, you're right. It was fun to watch that. All right, Chris, so we do this at the end of every interview, and uh, I know that uh, you're teaming up with Dos Equis and, and trying to save college football Saturdays. Raheel's teaming up with the world, trying to find out a little bit more about you. So he's got some five questions. We're going to rapid fire you, uh, with you before you, you roll out, okay? All right, Chris, so these rapid are the same. Fire. I'll yeah, these are the same, and these are the same five questions we ask all of our guests. So we don't change these, so let's get into it. What's one song you wish everybody would listen to at least once in their life? Um. Enter Sandman. If you haven't experienced Metallica, old Metallica, you should. I all right. Gonna, yeah, that's good. I thought you were going to say the Eyes of Texas, but that's all right. We'll move on. Uh, <laughs> well, <what laughs> that's on the list, but not, not at the top. What's one thing you have to have in your fridge? Um, more than one thing, but I, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, cold beer helps to have in your fridge. Um, the vodka goes in the freezer, right? So those, 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 are, those are two essential things. <laughs> All right. What's one place you want to visit that you haven't yet? Um, I've never been to Alaska. That's the one state I haven't been to. I, re I really want to go to Alaska. I really want to go to the South Pacific, too. Ooh, never been yeah. there. It's awesome. It's beautiful there. Who's one person alive you want to meet and have coffee with? Ooh. Um, the Dalai Lama. Okay. I don't know if he drinks coffee, tea, whatever he wants to drink. I'd like yeah. to hang out with him. I like to, I'd like to have some wisdom absorbed with him. You know? It would be the dealer's <laughs> choice there, whatever he's drinking. And finally, exactly. Chris, what's one app you want to delete, but you just can't from your phone? Ooh, there's a lot of them. I got too many apps on that screen. I can't, I can't sort through them. <laughs> um, Yelp frustrates me, but you kind of need it, right? So uh, I, I make do with that. All right. There it is. Hey, Chris, we appreciate your time and love watching you on Saturdays. You, you've been great on the show. And uh, thanks to Dos Equis for setting this up. And we'll talk to you hopefully soon. I, I, I didn't think the Dalai Lama was going to come up this morning. But hey, you never know. It's 2020, right? See you, fellas. Enjoyed it. Thanks, man. All right. There it is. Uh, Chris Fowler, who joined us here uh, a couple of days ago. We got it on the show now. Uh, and now uh, Raheel has to do his real stuff, being a daddy. I am going to pitch to our interview with Cristo Fernandez. And what I'll say about Cristo is that uh, if you haven't seen the show that he is on, it is awesome. It's called Ted Lasso. I'm going to give you a little clip of what he looks like. Go ahead. We can, we can run the clip. And there he is. That is Cristo as Danny Rojas. Ah, I got lucky. Again tomorrow, Jenny Tart. So <laughs> that kind of goes into our na, question. Na, 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 what coach na, 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 out there could coach in a different sport? Right, and there you saw the scene right there where we really got to know the Danny character, Cristo Fernandez, joining us here on the No Layup Show. ¿Cómo estás, Cristo? Muy bien. Thank you very much for having me in the show. Really nice to, to see you guys, and it's amazing to see you. <laughs> so uh, I'll get started, man. So I uh, we're a huge soccer family, and uh, when I heard about the show, I had seen the commercials from back in the day with Jason Sudeikis um, when they were promoting the Premier League, and I, and I was like, you know, I'm going to give it a try. And man, that show won me over. What what has been, you know, uh, the finale is coming up too, by the way, here on Friday on Apple TV Plus. Just can you talk to me a little bit about how you got involved with the project? Yeah. Well, first, thank you for watching the show, and and really nice to hear these words. And I'm very happy and excited 
uh, to see everyone's all the people's reaction uh, all the fans reactions about the show um i i studied my my master in 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 the uk in the guildford school of acting university of surrey and uh that's why I was able to develop myself over there and, and start to do some bits in some projects. And, and then I, I was there with my student visa. And then after that, I had to return back home, but I left good contacts and my agency there. And then uh, after years, uh, I kept working hard and suddenly there was this opportunity discussing and it was somehow perfect for me because uh, I love comedy. I grew up watching Jason and I, Scraps is one of my tops with Bill Lawrence, but also because uh, football was uh, the biggest part of my life. That's what I used to do before going into acting. I used to play professionally. So the fact all of these things, I think, helped me and uh, to, to get in the show. You know, there's a lot of people that might not believe in karma or the stars lining up, but this really is something along those lines of karma stars lining up the perfect opportunity that you studied acting uh you were there in the uk which is huge right because the project is over yeah. there your background in soccer so you look natural because there's a lot of sports related content out there that you know the actors don't look like they play the sport <laughs> or are natural at it you look perfect i mean you i mean you obviously played professionally but you look so good in it was that just one of those things where it, it all lined up, it's perfect, and you just count your blessings now? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, just uh, it was it was a dream come true, and in in Spanish we say like a revancha, personal for me, which is like, uh, yeah, I, I I played professionally, and and that was the only thing I did, and then the injuries happened, and then I had to change my objectives and, and goals in life. Also, I, my new passion in acting and filmmaking. And then, so for me, it was like uh, fulfilling many dreams, you know, not the new ones with acting and film, but also football and, and what best possible way to do it, in, like in a show like this with these amazing people, you know. So, it, yeah, it, it, that's why. I, and also, I think why I, one thing I appreciate is that there are many shows that you say that somehow they go for the sports, but they don't do it uh, like properly. But here they, they push it so that it looked as realistic and professional as possible in terms of a Premier League football team, you know? So Yeah. So are you are you shooting your own soccer scenes because you have the background or, or are they bringing in some uh, they're bringing in some stunt guys? I can probably say that everything you see that Daniel Rojas does, I did it. So wow, there you go. <laughs> hopefully it will stay like that because uh, I I they they trust they trust me and they knew my background and they knew I could do it so they let me do it. Also, they they one thing I really appreciate not only in the football aspect but as a general is that Jason and Bill and everyone uh, people in charge were always open to listen to us. So rather than telling you we're gonna do these dribblings or you're gonna do this, they were like, what do you think you could do or what do you think could, can fit? And I was like, oh, why why not I try this? And then they look at it and then, oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so I've done some research and I found out, and I, we can obviously see it here on the show, you're a very happy-go-lucky guy. So how similar <laughs> is Cristo to Danny Rojas? Oh, uh, I think a lot. I think uh, I think Danny Rojas is my version, but without getting angry. <laughs> but, 
like anyone else, sometimes I get angry. But so so far, Danny Rojas hasn't, and um, I, I am very grateful with with everyone there. They let me gave so much to the character. The fact that in the my my very first lines are, "Thank you very much for the opportunity." So that's literally not Danny, but just also me, you know, <laughs> saying those things. And and also right right there, I say. Um, and I am from Guadalajara, and also I am from Guadalajara. And then when there is this scene later on that we all bring something to the fire and uh, to get her, to get rid of the curse, and I brought a mezcal. That's what I but that's what I would have brought as well. So uh, there are lots of similarities to to me and, and Danny Rojas, you know. So yeah. give me the uh, give me the timeline. When did you guys start filming on this? Was this uh, this was before COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. This was okay. Uh, 2019. Okay. Um, I first knew about the project like in June, something like that. And then, uh, funny enough, Danny Rojas wasn't going to be Danny Rojas. It was going to be an Icelandic man named Gunnar. So when I first arrived on set, uh, they they called me Gunnar, and I was like, oh well. I think if I have to play an Icelandic man, <laughs> I need more preparation, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, but then I arrived on August, ending of August, and uh, the people had already been shooting for almost two months. Yeah. So also they, I'm very happy and grateful with them because they welcomed me so so well. They made me feel part of the team immediately, and that helped me give my best as myself and and give the best as Danny Rojas. Cristo, so uh, you, you lived there in, in London for a little bit. Uh, obviously, you're a soccer fan. So are you a Man U guy? Or are you a Tottenham guy? I'm sure you got your team in Mexico. I'm sure you got your team in Spain. Who are your teams? <laughs> well, uh, I, here in, in Mexico, in my professional team where I play was Estudiantes Tecos of Guadalajara. I don't know if you guys have heard, but the most popular one is Chivas of Guadalajara, which I am a big fan of. And... Um, in England, I support. Uh, well, right now there is a Mexican Raúl Jiménez in Wolverhampton, and I support him. But I also one of my top has been Chicharito. I admire him. He's from Guadalajara too, and I admire him as a person and his mentality. And my team in Spain, I reckon is uh, Real Madrid. I think. Uh, <laughs> Good answer. Oh, no. Good answer. Oh, no. You know what? David's I admire a, a lot. Uh, yeah. You know, there are many players that have been there and, and that I have admired. And Chicharito played a bit there as well. Yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, let me throw this in there. I don't know if you guys saw the Champions League draw came out today mm -hmm. and a former Real Madrid player, Cristiano Ronaldo, is going to be playing against Messi. Juventus is going to be playing against Barcelona oh, in the group wow. stage. So that came out today. I was happy to see that. That's going to be a good game then. Yeah, the, the groups look good, man. It's going to be fun. That's going to be next year. Yeah. We can't wait to like get that started here. Uh, yeah. For you, I mean, when you get a chance to watch and watch your national team, right? Like David and I love watching the U.S. men's national soccer team, although yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of heartbreaks when we watch American soccer, Cristo. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but for you, when you get to watch the Mexican national team, what's that like, man? Do you still get amped up and pumped up to watch them? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, for me, uh, there is, well, football is um, kind of like a religion back home here in Mexico. <laughs> Sometimes people go more to the football than to church. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it's uh, an event, the football games and 
the World Cup is uh, something that brings lots of passion and we are always watching the World Cup and as I said, um, football has always been there for me and I honestly got, got away from it because I started acting, but funny enough how life works sometimes. <laughs> now I'm back into football and now I'm really... And now I really need to know who is playing where and what, because for a moment I didn't know, but <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, that's it. Yeah. What about acting in this COVID era now? I mean, how, how are you going? I mean, are you doing everything tryouts or auditions on zoom? Like how, how's it working as an actor in this is COVID-19 world we're living in? Well, um, it's been bad, but mostly good because there been, there were opportunities and projects that were going to happen and some, and they got postponed or canceled, whatever. But for me, uh, well, yeah, mainly the castings I've been doing right now are online, now that things are getting uh, uh, back again. But for me, it also has been an opportunity to develop my personal projects. I'm developing my film company, and I, I've been for the last five years shooting lots of short films that I think has been one of the reasons that has helped me to get the opportunities I have now. And it's, uh, right now I'm finishing some short, uh, some scripts. Uh, right now I think I'm thinking of producing one at the end of the year. Uh, here in Guadalajara, I don't think it's as hard as it is in other uh, countries, like in or cities like London or LA or um, New York. Uh, so I think we're lucky that way. We're taking all the precautions as well, but uh, I don't think it's as, it's as hard. And hopefully things are. Uh, going getting better and better but so far yeah it's because of um, online things and right now I'm working on more more in the table stuff you know like the pre-production stuff and those things that's really cool man that you you are interested in all aspects of that I was seeing that you have your own company that you're starting and and you've been doing a lot of directing as well uh, does that help you as an actor when you have the background of being able to direct, being able to produce, uh, understanding the writing behind it as well, being so well-rounded, does that help you on screen? Yeah, I, I think, I definitely think so. I uh, it, it helps me as an actor and, and to, to appreciate everyone's job on set. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I know that the guy who's doing the sound, I was there, the continuity, I was there. I've been doing all kinds of roles and, and helps me understand everything around me and also uh, see it helps me as an actor and as uh, yeah as an actor and artist i always encourage other people and friends uh, to be someone who is proactive uh, i i'm not waiting until the opportunity happens for me i try to create them and in acting that's a way i can do it by doing my little short films according to my circumstances and, and that has helped me to for example, there was a lot of comedy in my reel, and, and it and it was all from short films that I did. Oh, wow. And I think and they well they told me they that's those are where things I saw, and yeah, so that's that's one thing I always encourage others because if, as an actor you're always there, uh, in the critics of everyone saying your your hair is too long, you are not that tall or short or fat or slim whatever. So hundred castings you get one your hopes can go away in the 99 but for me it's all about doing the, the audition the best possible way works cool doesn't work i'm thinking of my short film i'm going to shoot 
uh, next month or my film I'm gonna try to create with my team later on. So yeah, that's so Chris, so, <laughs> uh, Chris, so Raheel has these questions that he asks all of our guests and uh, they're hard, okay? So he's gonna okay. bring them to you right now. All right, okay. All, All right, Cristo Fernandez, here we go. It's the same five questions we ask every single guest. We don't change these at all. Number one, what is one song you wish everybody would listen to at least once in their life? Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, one song I... Uh, well, I the song of my hometown, it's a mariachi one, is Guadalajara, Guadalajara. All right. And it always goes with some tequila, so it's... Fun guaranteed. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, what's one thing you have to have in your fridge at all times? Uh, well, I always have chicken. Well, my diet, chicken, eggs. I have always tunas, lots of rice. And I always have beers. I love beers. Uh, just a couple, <laughs> I, I like them. Tecates. Tecates are my favorite. Are my you got to have them, right? <laughs> And apparently also tequila too. So we, we've got tequila that. Too, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's one place you want to visit that you haven't yet? Uh, one place that I haven't visited. Um, oh, wow. Well, just recently, the first thing that comes to my mind, I, Cuba. I haven't been to Cuba. Um, friends have been there and I'm a bit jealous. Hopefully one day I will be there. <laughs> hey, Cristo, my family's Cuban. I've never been either. So one day, uh, uh, maybe I'll see you having a Cafe Cubano there one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I don't know. I think we just created a new travel show, guys. Yep. We're, uh, <laughs> yeah. we're a Pakistani, a Mexican, and a Cuban-American go travel the world. I mean, oh, can be you cool. be, right? Like that is diversity right there. Travel is life. <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay number four who's one person alive you want to meet and have coffee with oh uh, Guillermo del Toro I admire him a lot he's from my hometown yep uh, yeah I admire his work and yeah. what he's doing <laughs> yeah he's awesome he's awesome so yeah. awesome like he's the way he's uh, his career has you know transformed and adjusted and He's adapted, man. It's so much fun to watch. He's a he's a great, great actor. He's yeah, yeah. All right, number five. What's one app on your phone you want to delete but you just can't? <laughs> um. Well, so I think sometimes Instagram. You know, it's uh, it's yeah. I mean, it's good. Uh, social media are good and uh, are necessary. I think because of what we do. Um, but sometimes I, I have enough, like some, like my cell phone broke a month ago and I was like, oh my God, but you know what? It was also a relief. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, it's yeah, nice to get a probably. break from it all. Yeah. Hey, Cristo, man, big fan of, of what you did on the show. Uh, we're looking forward to the finale uh, and your personality. It, it It's similar to Danny, but yes, maybe you got that mean streak too. Can you drop us a footballer's life before we go? Football is life. <laughs> love it my man hey thank you so much for joining us and i hope to catch up again here maybe before season two cool I, i'll be more than happy let me know we keep in touch and thank you david thank you Rahil, and and thank you to everyone who's watching for the support